This morning, I know that most of you know this, but for the last few weeks, we have been now in our study of James, and in doing so, we have watched as James opened up this letter by dealing with the subject or addressing the subject of temptation or when our faith is tested, when we are tried, when we have to go through difficult circumstances. Uh, Some people may call it tribulation. Some people may call it affliction. Uh, A lot of different names associated with the idea of difficult days. And James began the letter by saying this, that we as God's people are supposed to count it all joy when we find ourselves in the midst of this temptation or in the midst of these trying days. And he went on to explain the reason for that is because it is the testings of our faith that increase our faith, that increase our spiritual maturity, that bring us to where we need to be in our Christian lives. If it were not for the challenges, if it were not for the difficult days, then you and I would never grow in our spiritual condition. And so the testings of life, the trials of life, they are essential. So therefore, we need to find joy in that process of becoming more and more like him. James went on to say that it is through the trials of life, through the difficulties of life, that we can cry out to God and receive the wisdom that we need, the wisdom that only he can give. But if we do not cry out in faith, then we'll not be the recipient of that wisdom. But you and I can be assured of this truth, that if we are willing to call out to God for wisdom, then God will give us the direction and the discernment that we need. And so then we continued last week and we watched as James said this, that the the trials of life will remind us of the brevity of life. Whenever the trials of life come, we are reminded that we will not live forever. And whenever we are reminded of the brevity of life, then that helps you and I keep things in focus. That helps you and I remember what truly matters and what is most important in this life. And so it's hard sometimes to rejoice in that. It's sometimes difficult to glory in that, as was said last week. But you and I, we've got to reach a point in our spiritual lives where we don't always become bent out of shape and bitter when the difficulties come. We need to realize the benefit of them, what it produces in our lives or what it's supposed to produce, and embrace it as best we can and carry on in spite of the difficulties. That in mind, this morning we're going to continue. As we do, just know we're only going to look at one verse of Scripture today. But I want us to think this morning about something that I know you know this to be true. I don't have to spend a long time explaining this. But I want you to think about this truth that every one of us have different personalities. There are no two people who have the exact same personalities. We may have commonality in our personalities. We may have similarities in our personalities, but none of us are exactly alike. And so this morning, I'm going to share with you something about myself. You may not be able to relate to this at all. Some of you may say, I can kind of see where you're coming from. But for myself, this would be true by way of my personality, some of it being born into me, some of it being a learned characteristic, I'm sure. But something that is true about me is I want things to be very structured and I want things to be very ordered. I am not someone who enjoys just kind of seeing how it's all going to work out. I'm not someone who enjoys just kind of playing it by ear. I want everything to be planned. I want everything to be structured. And when it's not, I tend to get a little nervous and I can tend to get agitated if it stays in that condition for a long time. 
So that in mind, with my personality as it is, this would make sense that that carries over sometimes into other areas of my life where I don't need to be so structured and ordered. Somebody says, well, what are you talking about? Well, I've mentioned before over the years that I enjoy going on vacation. As much as I enjoy our home, as much as I enjoy living here, as much as I enjoy all that, that is available here, we like to go on vacations. And so when you go on vacation, what is that supposed to be? Well, that's supposed to be a time where you rest. It's supposed to be a time where you relax. It's supposed to be a time where you unwind and enjoy yourself. But see, with my personality, that has been a struggle over the years. So whenever we would be on vacation, here's what would happen. I would have an itinerary for our entire week. On Monday morning, here's what we're going to do. We're going to be here by 10 o'clock. We'll probably eat lunch somewhere between the 11.30 and noon hour. We'll probably wrap up this activity on Monday somewhere around the 5 o'clock hour, and we're going to eat at 6 o'clock. Now, there's nothing wrong in and of itself to have plans, but you know what would happen? If we weren't where we were supposed to be at 10 o'clock, I was starting to get a little bit frustrated. If it was 12.30 and we still hadn't eaten, you know what? I was getting a little upset at the whole situation. And if 6 o'clock rolled around and we weren't doing what we had said we were going to be doing at 6 o'clock, there was a very good chance there could be some friction all of a sudden there on our vacation where we're supposed to rest, relax, and enjoy ourselves. Say, so, well, it was only Monday. Right, but I had plans for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and whenever we would return. Everything was lined out. It had to be done this way or I could not enjoy myself, so I thought. But you know what happened a few years ago? By the grace of God, I learned something. That not everything had to be on my time schedule and my itinerary. It, it didn't all have to go according to plan. As a result, you know what I was able to begin doing I was able to begin enjoying vacations like I had never enjoyed them before. I wasn't so uptight about this. I wasn't so uptight about this. I wasn't so nervous about this. I wasn't so worried about that. And this didn't frustrate me in the way that it once did. And so as a result of something finally clicking and me finally realizing it doesn't all have to be according to my time frame and the itinerary that I had set, I was actually able to begin enjoying vacation in ways that I had never enjoyed them before. Now this morning I want us to take that thought and I want us to take that principle and I want us to think about something. I know I've mentioned this in the past, but I want us to think about something this morning that I believe is very, very, very important and that is this. That as you and I go through life, here's what every one of us do. We come into contact with people who are living life. You understand what I mean by that? You and I are coming into contact with people all the time, every day, almost hourly, of people who are living life. They get up and their kids go to school each day. They get up and they go to work each day. They come home and they eat supper every day. They, they come home and after supper and having relaxed for a couple of hours, they go to bed. And the next morning they do all that again. And that is what happens week after week, month after month, year after year. And, and while so many people are living, you know what is true? So many people are not living. 
It's kind of like myself on vacation. Was I going through all the motions? Was I going through all the activity of, uh, of doing this and participating in this and taking the family here and doing this? Yes, I was engaged in all of it, but I wasn't really enjoying it. The same is true in so many people's lives. They are doing everything that people who are alive do. They engage in this. They do this. They participate in this. But if you were to look at their lives and determine whether or not they were really living life to the fullest, here's what you would have to admit. They're not. There is a vast difference between living life and living life abundantly. Now, there are so many things that contribute to this. There are so many things that cause people to miss out on the ability to live life. And so this morning, I'm not about to address any of them, or all of them rather. I'm not about to address all of those things that keep people from living life to the fullest, that, that cause them to not live life abundantly. But this morning, I want us to think about just a few of them. And, and you may say, why these? Because this is how I felt led to take the message as I studied this week. So, so stick with me for just a moment, okay? I want us to think about a young person. If anyone ought to be able to enjoy life, shouldn't it be a young person? I mean, they don't have the cares and the concerns of a mortgage. They don't have the cares and concerns of, uh, of a car payment. They don't have the cares and concerns of health insurance and, and all the things that adults have to worry about. If anyone should be able to live a, an abundant life, it ought to be a young person, shouldn't it? But have you noticed how many young people don't really enjoy life these days? It kind of makes you wonder sometimes, how is it that so many young people these days, with the lack of all the responsibilities upon them that, that adults have to carry, how is it that they don't enjoy life? Now, again, this is not an all-inclusive list. I, I just want to hit on a couple of thoughts. It is amazing, isn't it, that when young people are constantly consumed with the thoughts and the ideas of what other people might be thinking of them or their need to impress other people, isn't it amazing that they're not able to enjoy just being a kid by being themselves? They've got to be the latest. They've got to be the greatest. They've got to be with the, the newest fashions and the latest trends and the hippest things that are happening. And, and if they don't have that, isn't it amazing how it just kind of causes them to not be able to enjoy life? I don't know about you, but sometimes I want to say, kid, quit worrying about that. Who cares? Don't, don't worry about that. Don't consume yourself with that. Just go out and be a kid and have fun. Listen, you can be cool later, I'm sure, and you can certainly get married later. Don't worry about that kind of stuff now. But they're worried about it, and they're consumed with it, and it causes them to be unable to enjoy life. Think about the young adult. What causes them to be unable to enjoy life sometimes. Just that need to try to fit in. Trying to find your spot and who do I run with and who do I associate with and what am I supposed to accomplish and what am I supposed to do? And they're giving so much time and so much energy and so much thought to all of these questions that will more than likely work themselves out in the future. But because they're worried about it now, they're not able to enjoy life and what they've been given right now. Think about the young couple these days. How many young couples are unable to enjoy life? I don't know what the exact number would be, but it would be many. 
Why are so many young married couples so incapable of enjoying life? Because so many young couples are consumed with trying to create the perfect life. What society has told them is the perfect life. What is the perfect life? Well, it has to be the perfect education. Well, in addition to that, it has to be the perfect career. And past that, it has to be the perfect location as to where we live. And it has to be the perfect home. And it has to be the perfect cars. And it has to be the perfect this and the perfect that and the perfect number of kids. And and on and on it goes. And so they're not able to enjoy life. Why? Because they are so consumed with what somebody has told them is important that though they are living, life, they're not really able to enjoy it the way that they ought. Come on. This is a problem. Think about the number of parents who can't enjoy their children. Why can't you enjoy your children? Well, again, many reasons for it, but one of them that seems to trip up at least some is this, is they're trying to raise perfect kids. They've got to be perfect here. They've got to be perfect here. They've got to advance here. They've got to excel here. And they've got to work hard. And they've got to do this. And they've got to do this. They've got to do this. And they've got to do this. And they can't just step back and enjoy their kids for being the kids that they are. Have you ever noticed how some older people can't enjoy the golden years that God has given them? Why not? Because their mind is consumed with other things. What about my health? What about my finances? Is this going to happen to me? Is this going to happen to us? Is this how it's going to end up for us? And and they're constantly mindful of the future. They're constantly mindful of events that haven't even taken place. And so they're not even able to enjoy the years that they've got in the latter years of life because they're still consumed with so many other things, again, that rob them from living an abundant life. If you and I pay attention, if you and I give any attention to this thought at all, here's what we see and have to admit. Many people live, but they don't really live. So that in mind, this morning, I want us to look in the last part of verse number 12. James chapter 1, the last part of verse number 12, here's what we read. It says, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him which the lord hath promised to them that love him now here is what james says in the last part of this verse that the lord or that god has made a promise to them that love him what does it mean whenever it says that the lord hath promised well it means this that god has given his word that something will happen you understand this A promise is a guarantee of something that will happen, of something that will take place. You and I don't have to question whether or not it will happen. If God says it will happen, it will happen, it will take place. So what did James say would happen by way of a promise to them that love him? Well, first of all, let's notice the condition of this. It is only a promise given to those who love him. This is not a promise given to everyone in general. This is not a random promise that is given to to every single person. No, this is only a promise that has been given to people who love him. So how do we know if a person loves the Lord? It's very simple. If you love me, keep 
my commandments, Christ said in John chapter 14. You know who loves the Lord? It is those who live in obedience to God's will. You find someone living in disobedience to God's word. You, live, you, you find someone who is living in rebellion to God's word and they want to suggest to you that they love God. Just know they don't love God. You are dealing with someone who is terribly delusional in their thought process or someone who is thinking that you're not smart enough to know the difference. The, the scripture is clear the ones who love God are the ones who will be obedient to His Word. This is not my opinion. This is not scholars' opinion. This is the declared Word of God. And so James says, this is a promise from the Lord. This is something that has been guaranteed. This is something that you can count on, provided you love the Lord and your love can be easily determined by whether or not you are obedient to his word. So what is it that he says will happen for those who love the Lord? Well, notice in the middle of the verse he said this. He shall receive the crown of life. He shall receive the crown of life. Now, I don't know what you think of whenever you think of the word crown. Generally speaking, if I think of a crown, I think of something that has to do with royalty. I think of something that has to do with beauty. I think of something made out of gold or precious metal with precious stones somehow uh, placed inside that crown. But that's not what James is talking about here whenever he speaks of a crown of life. What he is speaking of here would be the victor's crown like in their day when someone had been victorious in some kind of a, a sporting activity, some kind of sporting competition, what would be laid upon them would be some kind of a wreath, some kind of a, a, a plant that had been made into a wreath and it would be placed on that person's head. And here is what I think all of us know, that in their day, they did not give participation awards to everyone involved. No, it was only given to those who put forth the effort and put forth the energy and were successful in what they had, uh, in what they had competed in and what they had given themselves to. You understand this? This was not something that was given to the casual athlete. This was not something that was bestowed upon the one who didn't really put forth the effort or the energy. No, this would have been someone who put forth the effort and the energy and gave themselves and were victorious in their endeavors. And so what James said is this, is that the crown of life will be given to them who love the Lord. So what is this crown of life? Well, it would be the crown of an abundant life. Friends, this isn't talking about eternity here. This isn't talking about something in the, in, in the far future. No, James is talking about something that can happen in the immediate, in the now, in the moment. He is saying, God has promised for those who love him that they will receive a crown of life. They are going to be able to enjoy an abundant life, but it will not come to the casual believer, the one who just casually identifies with Christ. No, this will come to the one who has taken it serious, who has put forth the effort, who has engaged in this seriously. So it is only for those who take serious their Christian life. 
This is important. You know who gets to enjoy the abundant life? You know who gets to enjoy this life that gives joy unspeakable and full of glory? You know who gets to enjoy that? It's not the nominal Christian. It's not the nominal believer. It's not the one who's just kind of playing games, one foot in the world and one foot in the church, or or one foot in the things of the world and one foot in the things of God. No, that is not who gets to enjoy an abundant life. The crown of life is only given to those who takes serious the Christian life, and that is manifest through a life of obedience. You know why so many professing Christians are as miserable as the non-professing people in our culture? It's because they don't take serious their Christian life. That's why they don't enjoy life. That's why their families don't enjoy life. That's why they're miserable. That's why they don't really see the joy of serving the Lord. That's why they don't really see the joy of anything. They, they don't enjoy an abundant life because they don't take serious their Christian life, their Christian walk with God. So he says this has been promised, this has been committed, and you can know that it's going to happen, that the Lord is going to do this to them that love him. They will receive the crown of life But I find it interesting that before you get to the crown of life, which is found only in obedience, again, what does James do? He deals with the subject of temptation. And again, he is not dealing with the subject of temptation from the perspective of a temptation to sin or a temptation to fail and enter into ungodliness, but he is talking about still this subject of a person's faith being tested and tried. He is saying in verse number 12 that when a man or a woman endures temptation, when a person is able to persevere through the testings and the trials of life, you know what they will receive? They will receive an abundant life because God has promised that to them who love him. I want us to think about this. How do I grow? How do I mature? How do I develop in my spiritual life? Through the testings of my faith. I cannot grow without the testing of my faith. How how am I reminded of the brevity of life? How am I reminded that I'm not going to live forever and that one day I'm going to fade and one day I'm going to pass from this life? How do I remember the brevity of life? through the testings and through the trials of life. So how do I reach a point in my life that I can enjoy an abundant life? Through the testing, through the trying of my faith and enduring that or persevering that. Now somebody says, how in the world can that happen? How in the world can something like that to give you an abundant life or teach you to have a a different perspective. Listen, it is through the trials of life that we begin to realize what truly matters in this life. And somebody says this sounds somewhat repetitive. I understand that, but I want us to see this, that it is only through the testings of life that we are able to see what is important, that we are able to see what truly matters. And it's then that we are able to enjoy Enjoy life the way God wants us to enjoy it. This may not be connecting with all of us, so let me explain. 
Take that young person who doesn't seem to really enjoy life because they're worried about this and they're worried about this and they're worried about this and fitting in here and the peer group here and the peer pressure here and, and, and trying to be cool and trying to be all these different things. They're miserable until they begin to learn what? The acceptance of all these people don't really matter. Well, how do they, how do they learn that? Well, you know, they just finally reach a point in their lives where they, they figure it out that the acceptance of everyone else doesn't really matter to them. No, kids don't normally get that kind of maturity just by growing into it. You know what most kids have to experience? Heartbreak and disappointment on behalf of other people directed toward them. You realize this, don't you? You know, even our kids, the, the way that they begin to mature and the way that they begin to develop and the way they begin to, to, to learn how to enjoy life is to, is to begin learning through some difficult days that, listen, it's not important what they do. It's not important how they treat me. It's not important how they respond to me. What's important is for me to just love the Lord and to just live in obedience to God. And so you know how our kids begin realizing how to have a full life? Do you know how? our kids begin to to enjoy an abundant life it's when our kids have to have their little hearts broken through some difficulties and trials that god allows to come into their lives that's tough as a parent to witness that sometimes isn't it because we want to protect them from this. We want to shield them from this. And we want to make sure that their little friend doesn't ever disappoint them. And we want to make sure that, that life is always good to the kids. And listen, I understand the tendency, but we've got to be reminded of this, that in order for our kids to know how to really enjoy life, they've got to learn at an early age how to start dealing with some disappointments so they realize this is what really matters in life and not everything else that I've been so focused on in life. Think about the young person who is worried about this and they're worried about this and they're consumed with this and they're mindful of this and, and, and they're trying to do everything that the world tells them is important. How do they begin to get past some of that? It's through some challenges that come their way. Are, are we hearing this? It's through some challenges that come their way. And through the challenges in that young person's life, they began to realize, okay, that's not as important as I thought. And that's not as important as I thought. And when they began to learn those lessons, you know what they're able to do? They're able to enjoy life a little bit more than they had enjoyed life before. Take the couple who's worried about the perfect education and the perfect career and the perfect location and the perfect home and the perfect car and everything about it. They're not enjoying life. You know what helps them learn to enjoy life? Some difficulties that come along. That show them these are not the most important issues of life. You can have the dream education. You can have the dream career. You can have a dream home. And none of that matters if the life is not what God would have it to be. But see, if the trials don't come, if the tribulations don't come, if the hardships don't come, if the testings don't come, if those days and moments don't come, then here's what happens. People live life with their careers and their homes and everything that they've got going on, but they don't even really know how to appreciate it and enjoy it the way that God wants them to enjoy it. The difficulties have to come. How do parents learn to enjoy their kids? 
by realizing they're not going to raise perfect kids. And it can be a hard lesson to learn sometimes, right? We're not going to raise perfect kids. Let's stop consuming ourselves with that. And let's remember that we're supposed to raise them in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. And what we're trying to do is we're not trying to raise perfect people because that's not going to happen anyways. What we're trying to do is influence them in the things of God and the things of Christ. And and what we're trying to do is raise them to understand things from an eternal viewpoint, from an eternal, uh, from a biblical standpoint. That's what we're trying to do. And whenever we realize, okay, we're not going to raise perfect kids, but let's do the best we can by the grace of God, you're able to enjoy kids a whole lot more. But until we get there, through some of the trials of raising kids, we're not able to enjoy them like we're supposed to. You understand how this works? How is someone in the latter years of their life able to live an abundant life? Because hopefully over the years they've learned through the trials of life of the faithfulness of God and the dependency of God. He is one that can be trusted. He is one that can be relied upon. And and it's because of the difficulties of life that someone is able to enjoy the latter stages of life. But friends, if, if if the trials don't come, if the difficulties and the hardships don't come, then guess what? The abundant life will never be discovered. James makes this very clear that it is the man that endureth the temptation. It is the man or the woman, it is the individual that perseveres through the difficult days, through the trying times, who is going to receive the crown of life. They are the ones who are going to be given that victor's crown. They are going to be the one who is allowed to live an abundant life, and that has been promised to every child of God who truly loves him. Think about that. If you and I truly love the Lord, you know what he's going to let us enjoy? An abundant life. If I love the Lord and if you love the Lord, you know what you're going to get to enjoy? You're going to get to enjoy an abundant life. How do I know whether or not I love the Lord? By whether or not I'm obedient to his will for my life. It's very simple. So if I am obedient to the will of God in my life, here is what I can know for sure because the Lord promised it. I will receive a crown of life. I will enjoy an abundant life. But how do I get to that point? Well, you get to go through some temptations and some testings and some trials. That's what grows us, that's what matures us, that's what reminds us of the brevity of life, and that's what gives us an abundance of life. So notice once more what James says in verse number 12. He said, blessed is the man that endureth temptation. That person is blessed. That person knows the favor of God in their life, the one who endures the temptation. Because you get to receive a crown of life, which has been promised to them that love the Lord. When we have been tried, when we have been tested, when we have endured all these different things, we are blessed individuals. Now, I know that I've mentioned this the last couple of weeks, and and I know, again, that this is going to be somewhat repetitive. 
But I want us to think about this. It's sometimes hard to find the joy in the process, right? Sometimes, as was mentioned last week, it's, it's difficult sometimes to rejoice and, and to glory in what God is doing in our lives because it's so difficult at the time, correct? I don't know about you, but sometimes I find it difficult to consider myself blessed when I'm going through certain situations I would choose to avoid. I, I, I don't recall ever saying to Susie, Babe, I'm, I'm telling you, we are blessed people. Well, well, why are we blessed, Kyle? Well, look at all the difficulties we're dealing with right now. That, that's not how I normally equate things, correct? Right. Listen, that, that's not how I normally equate the, the, the blessings and the trials of life. That, that's not where my mind goes, and that's not where most people's minds go either, that I am blessed because of the temptation and my faith being tried and tested. That, that's not how our minds normally think. But that is exactly what James said, is that man is blessed that endures temptation. For when he is tried, when he is tested, he shall receive the crown of life. Friends, if you and I want to enjoy an abundant life, you know what we've got to go through? We've got to go through hard times. We have to. Because, again, as I've already said, that puts everything in perspective. It reminds us of what is important, what isn't important. It reminds us of what does and does not have value in order for us to enjoy an abundant life. We must go through the trials of life. And this morning, there are a couple of things I want us to consider, and then we'll wrap this up. But I want us to consider first this question. Between you and God this morning and no one else, I don't, I don't want you to concern yourself with anyone other than yourself with God right now. Could you honestly, could you honestly say before God, I know that I am living and enjoying the abundant life. Doesn't mean my life's perfect. It doesn't mean that everything goes my way. It doesn't mean that everything is as I would design it to be, but can I truly say before God that I know I am living an abundant life? Now, if you were to sit here this morning and say, no, I, I, I can't really suggest that I am living an abundant life. I don't feel as though my life is overflowing, that, that my life is really unique and special in comparison to those who don't love the Lord, if you would have to say this morning, it's really not an abundant life, then why would that be the case? Well, Brother Kyle, it's probably because life's just so hard right now. Brother Kyle, it's probably because I'm just so busy right now. Brother Kyle, it's probably because I've just got so many things going on. Well, that would stand in complete contradiction to the Word of God. The crown of life has been promised to them that love him. If we're not living an abundant life, you know why that is? It's because disobedience to God's will is ruling and reigning in our lives. If right now life is not abundant, there's a simple reason for that. It's because sin 
is the master of your life right now. So it's not the circumstances, it's not the schedule or anything else. It's because of how we've chosen to live if the life is not abundant. But if you could sit here this morning and say, well, Brother Kyle, I feel like my life is abundantly blessed. I, I feel as though I'm enjoying that abundant life. I, I feel as though that, 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 that by the grace of God, I'm able to enjoy an exceptional life. I, I'm not just living, I, I'm really living. Then I want to remind us of this, that you're a blessed person. But the reason you're blessed is not because of the abundant life, but you are blessed because the afflictions came, the testing came, the trial came. You endured that, and that's what's given you the perspective that allows you to enjoy life like you do today. And the reminder then is this. You know what it'll, do you know what it will require for us to continue enjoying life? abundantly it will require more testing and more temptations and more trying because none of us have arrived recently I was visiting with someone in their 70s and they were sharing this with me that over the last few months because of some circumstances they've had to go through Circumstances they never envisioned they would have to go through. They shared with me that they have begun to learn so much. And they are seeing things from such a different perspective than they had ever been able to see things before. It was because of the hardships that they were able to get a new perspective on life. I'm just saying this. None of us have fully arrived in this category of an abundant life. So in order for us to continue growing, for in order for us to continue enjoying and getting everything out of this life that we can, we have to continue enduring the temptations and the testing of our faith. It's not fun, but we're blessed for God to do that to us. Is your life abundant? If not, why not? If you can honestly say the life is abundant, that it's full, that it's flowing, that it's overflowing, then we are blessed that God would do such in our lives that would allow us to be able to enjoy what he's given. Let's all stand tonight or this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, I come to you this morning. Lord, I don't know what the answer of any person in this room would be today. God, there are, there, there's no doubt some in here who would have to be honest and say, life's not very abundant right now. All they are doing is going through the motions, but they're not enjoying it. They're living, but they're not really living. Lord, would you help us today to realize whoever that person may be, whenever it's myself, whenever it's any of us, God, would you help us to realize it's not because the circumstances of life are against us, but it's because we're living in disobedience to you. And Lord, for those who today would say that life is abundant, that life is overflowing, and, and they're enjoying this more than they've ever enjoyed it before, 
Would you help us to realize it's because along the way you tested us and you allowed us to be tried. And by your grace, we were able to endure. And Lord, would you help us to realize today that the process never stops. It continues on and on and on till we reach you one day. Pray that you'd bless the invitation this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. As Lauren plays, you've got time to pray.